Romans chapter 4. Verse number 17. Romans 4, 17. I believe there is much more that God wants to do here this evening. believe I've got a word that somebody needs to hear as a part of God doing more. Romans 4, 17. All right, please. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. Who quickeneth the dead. And calleth those things that be not. Not as though they will be. But as though they were. Who against hope. Believed in hope. Who against hope. Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. And being fully persuaded. And being fully persuaded. And being fully persuaded. That what he had promised. He was able also to perform. Who against hope. Believed in hope. The Amplified says, For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. Human reason for hope being gone. Human reason for hope being gone. Hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations. And of course, like the way the Message Bible says it, When everything was hopeless. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. When there was no reason to believe, Abraham believed Anyway, when all the circumstances said give up and quit, he believed anyway. I want want you to see something real quick and then I'm going to give you my title. Are we ready? Is there someone that needs the infilling of 
2009 when Esther and I were in the Philippines. Brother Howell brought that man up on the platform. As you can tell, he is very crippled. But he wasn't a saint. He wasn't just an attender. He was a preacher. He was a pastor. I've come tonight to preach to you for a few minutes. I don't intend to preach long for the purpose of preaching long. If I preach long, it'll be because you make me preach long. I've come to preach tonight, overcome or overcomer? Overcome or overcomer? You can sit down. There's only one difference between the two words and it's one letter. It's simply the addition of one letter. In fact, if you go to Webster's Online Dictionary and you type in overcomer, you actually get the definition for overcome. Because the only real difference in whether or not you are overcome or you are an overcomer is your perception. The only different, the only thing that really determines if you are overcome or if you become an overcomer is how you decide to view some things. And how you decide to respond to some things. I've come to challenge somebody tonight. Your circumstances should not and do not define you. I preach to some people tonight, you have become overcome because of what's going on in your world. But I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost tonight, you are not supposed to be overcome. But it is God's will for you to be an overcomer. It's God's will for you to do like Abraham did and against hope, believe in hope. That in spite of what your circumstances tell you, in spite of what the past tells you, for something to rise up inside of you that says, as impossible as it seems, I will not be overcome by my circumstances, but I will be an overcomer in spite of what I'm going through. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4, For whatsoever is born of God, whatever is born of God, overcometh the world. Anybody born again tonight? Do I have any born again people tonight? I preached it in Arnold this morning. Being born again is not just a cute title for a segment of Christianity. Jesus said, except you be born again, you can't enter the kingdom. So do I have any born again people tonight? If there are born again people in this place tonight, he that is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Romans 8.34 Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who? Who? Shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation. Anybody got some tribulation tonight? Shall distress. Anybody got some distress? We keep going. We're going to get all of you by the time. A couple of you going. A couple of you ought to raise your hand on every one of them, but we ought to get all of you by the time we're done. Persecution. Famine. I know you may not be literally going without food, but anybody got some things kind of tight? Nakedness. Oh, God. Not that one. Peril. Anybody got some perils in your life? Or sword? The question is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And notice, you've heard it preached before. You've been around here very long. He starts to list what? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things. What things? What things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. In all of those things, we are more than survivors. Is that what it says? I'm preaching to some survivors tonight. Come back another night and that will be a really positive message that you're a survivor. But tonight it's not. I'm preaching to some survivors that according to what Paul said, in the midst of tribulation and distress and persecution and famine, nakedness, peril, sword, that you are supposed to be more than a conqueror through Him that loved us because my circumstances do not define me. Am I the only one tonight that is getting sick and tired of my circumstances defining me? My circumstances determining my attitude and my emotions and my feelings. I am supposed to be more. Than a conqueror. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Anybody got some uncertainty over things to come? I forget about this whole world and the big picture of uncertainty. I'm talking about in your own personal world. nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, who can separate us? He lists what can separate us. And the answer to the who, in my opinion, is one answer. According to what Paul said, there is no thing that can separate me. But he asked, who can separate me? And the who that can separate me is? Y'all got arms and fingers at work. Some of you need to do that right now. It's not your husband. 
not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your parents. It's not your pastor. It's not your care group leader. It's not your boss. It's not anything and it's not anybody else. There is one alone that can separate you from the love of God. Do I need to go get a mirror and pass it around for you to look at? All of you, at least I don't know what you Android folks got and how it works, but all you Apple users, get your phone out, get on the camera, look up in the right, I think it's still the top right-hand corner, push on that little button, turn the camera around, and look at yourself. It don't matter how I get treated by anybody. You can't separate me from the love of God. It doesn't matter if I get mistreated by the closest of my friends. You can't separate me from the love of God. But I get to looking at my circumstances and situations and then I start pushing God away. But then I want to blame everybody else for what only I can do. I should have let y'all keep going. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. This thing about... I, I finally, I finally... I don't know who she was. I don't know what she is. But I finally... I was riding down the road. I think yesterday I had 104.1. I think it is. I had that on. And uh, this lady was on there preaching. And part of her... I was a little uncomfortable with some of what she was saying because of what she was professing about herself. But she started saying some stuff, and I'm like, I don't know who you are. I'm starting to like you. You stop saying some of that other stuff, what sort of sounds like a little bit of bragging, and you just stick with this stuff, and I'm with you. She was hitting that prosperity stuff pretty hard. Whoa. Christianity is not an escape from the problems of this world. There is no promise in this book that guarantees that you and I will live this, this, this life of ease and bliss. In fact, there's another promise I know of. It's the promise we don't like, but it's there. It's not the one that gets preached, but it's there. Jesus said, in this world, you shall, not might, not maybe, not possibly, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Because while you deal with what's in the world, I have overcome the world. And if you've had a book of Acts experience, you now have the overcomer of the world living inside of you. I know, you know what, it's really easy to be a Monday morning quarterback with the men and women of the Bible. I know that. You're not real familiar with sports. You don't know what that term is. That's, that's, that's all the guys that tomorrow will be critiquing all of the mistakes that were made today. A lot of them of which have never stood on a football field. If they were, it's just because they wandered on to. They've never thrown a pass. They've never caught a pass. They've never blocked. They've never done any of that, but they are experts. You ever seen some of the sports analysts you ever seen some of the top sports analysts for ESPN? There's one guy, his, I won't call his name, I'll just be nice. But I guarantee you, he never, 
beyond beyond the first couple of years of T-ball. Once he got past there, he, he just wasn't built for anything. Sorry. He is the expert. I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's talking about, but it's easy to critique when you haven't been there. So I, I all of that to say, I, I'm puzzled sometimes by the disciples' reaction to Jesus on board the boat in the storm. He's up, they're up on deck. He's, I guess, below deck or somewhere, whatever the boat, kind of boat was, but somewhere on the boat, he was sleeping. Sleeping. The reaction to me should have been storm, great I am, trouble, sleeping. Don't get me a nap too. If he's sleeping, I'm going to sleep. Because if he is sleeping, Excuse my grammar, but I don't know a better way to say it. We ain't going down. If you're afraid you're going down, you might want to double check if Jesus is on the boat. The storm is not the problem. The passengers are the problem. Because if He's in the boat, You think the one that has all power is going to be destroyed by something that's under his power? They come and they they come and they finally wake him. And this is their master, don't you care that we perish? I don't I don't know if they were including him in that we. Maybe they meant we perish and you're Because surely they didn't think he was perishing. On the same boat, one was an overcomer and the rest had become overcome. Same exact circumstances. Same exact situation. A bunch of them were overcome, but one of them was an overcomer. Because when he got on the boat to begin with, he knew the storm was coming. And went to sleep anyway. I guess some of us are just worried Jesus isn't on the boat. Because you're so worried you're going down. But if he's on the boat, the boat can't go down. Ruth chapter 1 verse number 19. You see, you, you gotta decide. You got to decide. You ever heard us that love is a, love is a decision. I go, love is a choice. Love is a decision, right? Love is a decision. I don't know if I understand all that. I don't know if it's totally right or wrong, but I get the principle of it. Because if all, if love for you is only a feeling, you got trouble coming. I don't care how in love you feel right now, you're gonna feel out of love at some point. Whether it's your kids, your wife, your husband, your best friend, some point you're going to be a little bit out of love. 
And so you've got to make the choice. No matter what you do, no matter how you act, no matter how you treat me, I love you. Oh, that just is so warm and fuzzy, isn't it? You've got to decide. You've got to decide. Am I going to be defined by my present circumstances or even my past circumstances? Or am I going to be defined by God's purpose for my life? And I, I kind of hate to use this word because I think it gets misused. But God's destiny. Because if I believe I'm going somewhere in God, I need to decide to be defined by where I'm going, not where I am and not where I've been. Ruth has gone to Moab, left Bethlehem, gone to Moab. She's now lost two sons and a husband. They've died. She says to her two daughters-in-law, I'm going back to Bethlehem, but that's not your home, and so you can stay here if you want. I'm going home. And Orpah says she's staying. Naomi says she's going. And so Ruth and Naomi returned to Bethlehem in Ruth 1.19. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and said, Is this Naomi? She said, and she said, notice, they called her Naomi. But she said, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Oh, Naomi, Naomi, Naomi. You just don't understand where you're going. I realize where you've been and the difficulty of where you've been, but where you're going is greater than where you've been. Because rather than God dealing bitterly with you, Rather than God letting you go out full and bringing you back empty, God is just setting you up for the purpose of your future because He's going to use you ultimately as a part of the lineage of the Messiah. I preach to some people tonight. I know every circumstance and situation in your life all appears that God has dealt with you bitterly. But could you be like a Naomi that God allowed you to go out what appeared to be full and rather than you coming back empty because of punishment and God dealing with you bitterly God maybe you, he has allowed you to be emptied out some but there's something he's setting you up for no, I'm not supposed to preach like this because this is a good TV message just because somebody perverts it doesn't mean you can't use it Talking about new cars and new houses and millions of... I forget all that junk that passes away. I'm talking about significant stuff that God has purposed for your life. That could it be He's allowing some circumstances and situations to be such that He is positioning. But if you get so caught up in the circumstances and get overcome, you by your choice will never be an overcomer. Oh, hallelujah. This, this was going to go a lot different than I am 
I anticipate. It's not up to him to decide if I'm an overcomer. Because I've been born of him. And whoever's born of him overcometh the world. It's up to me to decide. Am I going to continually be overcome by what's going on in my world? Or am I going to start looking around and realizing I have no idea how, I have no idea where, I have no idea when, I have no idea, I I can't figure it out. But one thing I know is I've got some guarantees that He hasn't brought me this far to leave me. He hasn't allowed me to get where I am to destroy me. But if He's let me get here, He's got a way for me to get out. Because He's always got a way of escape. And so I can't help what it looks like, feels like, seems like. I am more than a conqueror. Oh, I, I preached. I've heard others preach it. Abraham had that name change. And he had to start walking around. Telling people he's Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. But his original name was Abram. Abraham is father of a multitude. Abram is high father. So, it seems crazy to start telling people you're father of many when you're not a father. The bottom line was he was high father and he wasn't a father. So it appears that even when what he was supposed to be had not happened yet, God had already started. The process. Hi, Father, and you're not even a father. Father of many, and you're not a father. Finally, the father of two, but that's a lot different than many. Could it be God has got a name change for you? Because you see what happens is God gets you to change who you are before you start seeing the fulfillment of what you are. But if I get so caught up and wrapped up in what I'm used to and the identity I've had, I've got to wait for Him to put it all in line and set it all up that I'll step into what I'm going to be. I'm probably never going to get there. You're, you're who? Abraham. Wait, you were what? Abram. Where's your kids? Don't have any. You don't have any kids. No, and your high father? Yeah. Don't have any kids. You're Abraham, father. Yeah. How can that be? Because I am an overcomer. And I will not be overcome by where I am and what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through. Because somewhere along the way, God is going to intervene and I'm getting out. I'm coming through. It's changing. Job. Anybody ever had a right to be overcome? If anybody ever had a reason to be overcome, Job had a reason to be overcome. 
He has had one report after the other of tragedy in his life. And in chapter 1, verse 18, it says, While he, the servant, was yet speaking, delivering the message of other tragedies, there came also another, the final, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, fell on the ground and did something really crazy. He worshipped. He worshipped. The worst day. I, I, I don't know if anybody's ever had a worse day than Job. I don't know. There may be. There may be. But I got... It's a short list. To not only lose your possessions, but in one single day, one single accident, seven sons and three daughters gone. And the Bible says he worshipped. And then he says this, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. I'm resigning my church membership. I'm done living for God. I quit. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I expected. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed, 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 blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm preaching to some folks tonight. Some of you need to get a little job on you. I started off with nothing. Might end up with nothing. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed. Blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Another place he says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Because I will not be overcome. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The shoes of whom I am not worthy to unloose. This is the one I have been telling you about. That's Him right there. He's the one. This is the one I have been preparing the way for. This is the one I've told you about. That's it. Nobody else knew, Sister Gross. Nobody was aware yet. And John, without hesitation, says, This is Him. What you heard about, what's been prophesied, what we've been waiting on, right there, that's Him. 
shout and dance in time. Hallelujah. Woo. Give it a couple of days. John gets, gets some of his disciples, show up to visit him in prison. He said, do me a favor. I need you to go ask Jesus a question. I want you to go ask him, are you the one? Or do we look for another? That's a big difference. Over here you've got Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And now he says, I don't even know if he's the one. I'm not even sure if he really is the one. What happened? John got overcome. What did John get overcome with? Circumstances that didn't go the way he thought. Expectations. I got, a, I got a feeling, if you'd be honest and transparent, there's not probably hardly any of you, if any, that if you were really truthful, that, would, that, that have been living for God for a significant length of time, that you would probably join me and say, this is not all I expected. In fact, there's a bunch I expected that is, has not happened, and it's gone a lot different than what I expected. <clears throat> Let's put it in terminology we understand, since you and I aren't John the Baptist. Somebody invites you to church, you come to church, God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you talking in tongues and baptized in Jesus' name, you go into work the next day, you just, guess what happened to me last night, guess what I got, guess what happened yesterday, guess what I got, I got the Holy Ghost, you got the Holy what, I got the Holy Ghost, guess what I did, what'd you do, I spoke in tongues, you did what, I spoke in tongues, what's that, I talked in another, you, what? That's the greatest thing that's ever happened. You had to jump start your car that morning. It was raining and the roof was leaking and water was all over you trying to get to work. But you got the Holy Ghost and everything's good and everything's great, wonderful. Life's never been better. Still same problems. But time goes by. And unmet expectations, Brother Phil. Now I'm not so sure. thought you were the one, but I'm not too sure now. He said, are you the one or do we look for another? I think I'm preaching to a few folks tonight that are considering looking for another. This just didn't get going the way I bargained for. This isn't quite the thing I expected. I, I think I might ought to start considering some alternatives and options because God just didn't come through for me. And if God don't come through, I must have to take matters in my own hands because you know I can do a better job than Him. It was, it was just expectations. It was the fact it didn't go the way He planned. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what John was like, but sorry some of you heard me use this before. Forgive me for using it again tonight, but... If I was John, my expectation would have been, I'm not the one. He's the one. But when I get done doing my job introducing the one, I will be the two. 
I'm okay with not being the one. But surely if I'll for now get the one, the way prepared for the one, I will be vice president. I won't, I won't be the preacher. I won't be the keynote preacher, but I'll, I'll get to lead pre-service prayer. I'll get to lead worship to prepare the way for the one. I, I don't know. Maybe John wasn't like, I kind of get a feeling based on how things went. He probably was a little like that. And he became overcome by circumstances and situations. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I've missed it with the message, and I also not, I don't think I've missed it with what I've done because I, I really believe there's some of you a few moments ago God was trying to do something for, but you are so bogged down, you are so overcome, and there is no magical solution to add the R. Come on. Come on. I'm not trying to be carnal, whatever, but you're just gonna have to make up your mind. I am not going to stop at overcome. The end of the story is not going to be overcome the end. Somehow, before we get to the end, we're going to get an R added on. Somehow, before we get to the end of it all, we're going to get the R in there. It may be at the last minute, but somehow I'm going to go from being overcome to taking my rightful place and being an overcomer because I've been born of God and He that's born of God. He that's born of God. Doesn't have to hope to overcome. Doesn't have to wonder if they might overcome. But he that is born of God is guaranteed that he overcometh the world. I'm done. It's only five after seven, but we're not done. I wonder, you don't have to outwardly respond at this point. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that would be willing to acknowledge, Brother Wright, I've been living overcome, and I'm just a little bit tired of living overcome. I I showed that video at the beginning because if anybody had a right to say, you know what, I, I might be a good church member. I might be a good church attendee. You know what, I'll do my best to be faithful to the house of God. Watching that man get around on his legs like and having to use his his hands as, as a part of getting around. That guy to me had a reason to just be overcome. But something at some point obviously got a hold of his life and he said, I will not be overcome by my circumstances. I'm going to find a way to be an overcomer. I may not, you know what, the, the challenging thing about that is, obviously he continues to live with a challenge. I know we hold out, well, if I change my attitude, I'll trick God into changing my circumstances. Because I know God's just trying to get me to have a better attitude and better spirit. So if I, mm, you may not want to hold out hope for that. 
there may be more to it. Old David gets back from Ziklag. Been out fighting. He comes back and possessions, and more importantly, family, have been taken. He got to looking around at his men, realizing he was probably in trouble. Had to be probably one of the darkest, challenging moments of his life. And in that moment, David called a brother for support. And I just got to tell you what, can you please pray for him? I need somebody to help. Oh, I know. Somebody called David. I was just praying. God spoke to me about you and told me to call you. No. No email for Brother You to send out. No Facebook to post the problem. Something got a hold of David. And the Bible says something that I think all of us would do well to learn. David encouraged himself I've been oh Lord I really had much different expectations I ought to learn by now not to have expectations I've been going through it nobody's called me nobody's nobody prayed for me David encouraged himself. I don't, I don't know what he said. I don't know exactly how it happened. I, I wonder, I wonder if all of a sudden he had a flashback sitting out taking care of his father's sheep. And all of a sudden he sees somebody coming and they're calling him to come walks in to his father's house and standing there is the prophet with oil begins to pour that oil on his head says you're going to be the king I don't know maybe he went back to that moment maybe he went back to that moment that he had been at before Goliath where he said I was taking care of my father's sheep a lion I was all by myself. And a lion came. And I defeated the lion. I was all by myself. And a bear came. And I defeated a bear. And then that led me to the battlefield with Goliath. And he came with a sword and a shield. But I came in the name of the Lord. I I just kind of imagine those were some of the things David went back to. To encourage himself. To say in one of the darkest moments of my life, in one of the most challenging times I've ever been in, I will not be overcome. I will be an overcomer.
let's do this. Maybe this will help. I want you to stand. I know by natural knowledge, I also feel by spiritual discernment. And I'm preaching to some people tonight. I'm not preaching to people by natural knowledge, by choice. I'm preaching what I believe God gave me to preach. In fact, last Sunday night when Bishop was preaching and he read that verse that I just read tonight, that Abraham against hope believed in hope. That moment, that's where all this started. Against hope. Brother Phil, there was no reason. He had no basis to believe what God said. There was nothing to base his faith upon. Logic, natural perception would have said, give it up, forget about it. Let it go. It was a nice thought. 75 years old and no son it would have been a great thing to still have a son give it up but against hope when every circumstance and every situation said throw in the towel and surrender something rose up in Abraham and he was fully persuaded That what God had promised, He was able to perform. Is is there anybody tonight? Anybody have some some promises from God? First question. Anybody have some promises from God? Anybody have some promises? Hold your hand up for a second. Promises from God. You have some promises from God. I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about fantasies you've created. But I mean promises from God. Things that have even been confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Alright, you put your hands down. How many of you, the circumstances you're in right now, make those promises look absolutely impossible? Just about everybody that had their hand up for a promise. Do, do you really believe and do you really understand that when God gave you the promise, He knew September 25th, yes, he did. 2016, where you would be, yes. what the circumstances would be, what you were facing and dealing with. And so when He made the promise, He knew everything that would be a challenge and an obstacle and a difficulty. You may be surprised where you are, but He is not surprised. And when He gave you the promise, He knew everything He would have to do to fulfill the promise. I got to tell you, there is a problem most of us face a lot of times with a promise. Is with a promise we get our own expectations on the fulfillment. And we think we know how God's going to do it all. And 100% of the time, God does not fulfill His promises the way you think He's going to fulfill them. 
I think we give up on some things that God did promise us He was going to do because we had it all figured out how it was going to work out and He hasn't done it the way we thought and so we just get overcome rather than deciding, you know what God, when you promised you knew every challenge, every obstacle every situation and I, I, I had some ideas, I thought how it would work but it ain't worked that way so I'm going to go back to the promise the Bible said these all died in faith not having received them but having seen them afar off and they died without the promise fully persuaded basically what they were saying was I'm dying the promise hasn't been fulfilled but somebody else is still going to get the fulfillment because if God said He was going to do it, God's going to do it. I, I, I know I had I know I had you stand. I thought I was quitting. I'm sorry. Joseph, in his dying days, says, "You're not going to always be in Egypt. There's a promise that one day God is going to deliver us from Egypt." Obviously, I'm not going to be alive. But I am so convinced that God is going to do what He said, even if I don't see it, I want you to make me this promise. That when you go, dig up my bones and take me with you. Because I might not be a part of the fulfillment of it the way I had hoped. But I know God's going to do what God said He would do. You know what Joseph was saying? I won't even be overcome by death. Even in death, I'm still going to find a way to be an overcomer. Do this if you would. Hopefully, since it's Sunday night and most of us, the great majority of us are apostolics, we ought to be okay with this. I want every eye closed, if you would. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, in just a moment, those of you that don't need to respond for yourself, I'm asking you to be prepared to allow the Holy Ghost to use you. Because I trust and believe in just a moment we will need you. So with eyes closed, if you would, out of respect and in an effort to provide a little bit more comfort for some, for a moment at least. If you're in this place tonight, somewhere throughout this message, there's been something that struck a chord in your heart. You acknowledge that God has been talking to you. Not inviting you to come and pray about your circumstances and situations. But to come to this altar as an act of faith to say, I will not be overcome. I will not be overcome. But I will by the grace of God be an overcomer. No matter how bad it is, 
no matter how bad it may get. My mind is made up. I refuse to be overcome. I will be an overcomer. You may get it. It may happen. But we're not looking for some emotional, mystical experience right now. We're just looking for something to rise up inside of some of you that says, I refuse. I refuse to be overcome. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Whether it's the devil causing what I'm going through, or even if it's God causing what I'm going through, ultimately, I will trust the Lord. I will not be overcome. I refuse to be overcome. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. will not be defined by my circumstances. I will not be defined by my past. I've got a purpose. I've got a calling from God on my life. I've got a future in God and I will be an overcomer. Declare in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to leave different tonight. I declare in the Holy Ghost. There's some of you that came to this service tonight. Overcome. But you are going to leave as an overcomer. I will not die in the circumstances I'm in. I will not die in the dilemma that I'm in. God has called me. God has put his hand on me. There's something beyond where I am. There's something beyond what I'm going through. It doesn't matter if my circumstances change. I am an overcomer. It doesn't matter if things turn around in my life or not. I am an overcomer.
an overcomer. It's not going the way I anticipated it would go, but I'm an overcomer. I never expected to be here, but I'm an overcomer.
everything I'm looking at, everything I'm going through, everything may be telling me, quit, give up, forget about it. I'm an overcomer. I've been born of God. I'm an overcomer. Lord of God, an overcomer. I won't be overcome. I will be an overcomer. I may not understand what God has done. I may not understand what God has allowed. But I'm still going to be who I am. I'm not changing my life. Not accepting it as defeat. Don't give up on God. I may feel like I went out full and have come back empty, but I'm an overcomer. I might have left full and returned empty, but I'm an overcomer. I might be a long ways from what I expected to be. At this point in time, but I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not called to be conquered. I'm not destined to be conquered. But I am more.
waiting, but we're not quite done with service. And it's still early, so please just give us a few more moments. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, 
lift our hands for a moment. Honor Him. Honor His presence. Reverence Him for what He's done in this place. I believe somebody's leaving different. Somebody's going out differently than they came in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You, you, can, you can stay where you are if you want. It'll be just a moment. But, but I, I just I need to communicate for a moment. Several things upcoming. We just we need to communicate. Remind you that Saturday the 8th, that's two weeks from yesterday, as a congregation, that's all of us. Sunday night, all of us. We are working to support the Pasadena uh, ministry. We are doing a fall fest, Saturday the 8th, starts at 2 p.m. Those of you that have signed up to help, don't forget you've signed up to help. But if you haven't signed up to help, you still are welcome to come and support and be a part of that. Sunday night, the 9th, Brother Rick Gonzalez from Chicago, Illinois, is going to be in service with us that night. I promise you, you want to be here. I believe God's going to do some great things in service that night. The following weekend, the 16th, Sunday night, Brother David Smith, evangelist, Brother David Smith is going to be in service with us in the mother congregation. The emphasis that night is going to be seeing people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that exciting? It is. The only way God can fill people with the Holy Ghost is people have to be here that need the Holy Ghost. That's where you and I come in. We're going to have some flyers available and door hangers available for you to use to promote that evening. And so we will have those available no later than next Sunday for you to take and use those for that night. Don't forget the prayer chain. I'm not trying to compete with some of your talking and fellowshipping, but I need to communicate for a moment. So please just give me a moment. I'll hush and you can keep talking. The prayer chain for call to war, which starts in a week or October 4th. So about a week from now, you go to theantioch.com, click on the link in the upper right-hand corner. It'll take you to where you can sign up online, electronically, asking you to, to, to take a shift, a prayer shift. For those of us that are here, asking you when you sign up, Whenever you sign up for that you come to the church to pray. If it's during the day and the building is open, the sanctuary is open, you can pray in the sanctuary. If it's after hours when the building is alarmed, there is 24-hour access to the prayer room. If you don't have a key, you can talk to Brother Johnson and he can help you take care of that. We are asking you to come to the building to pray when you sign up for those prayer times. That's a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting leading up to call to war. Again, um, we are we are not determining or dictating how we are fasting in those 21 days, but we are asking you for 21 days every day to decide some way you are going to fast that day, whether that's going all day eating nothing. If that's eating only one meal that day, if you do a Daniel fast, whatever it is, but do something. As I said the other night, if you don't decide in advance what you're going to do, you're not going to wake up that morning and get inspiration. You need to make a decision and a commitment the day before at the very least. 
I would actually encourage you to consider making a commitment for a couple of days of doing it one way and then maybe shifting or changing. But you need to decide that. But you need to do something. Praise God. We are still, I told the elders, I don't know if it's the devil or just life, maybe a mix, but we are still launching doing prayer Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. There have been a couple of mishaps so far, a couple of situations where things didn't quite work out for the elder or whatever that was supposed to be here. We are doing that. We're going to continue doing that by faith. We're going to get some momentum with that. We're going to make some progress with that. So as I have announced, we're asking you, if you would, to consider coming one Saturday of the month, 8 p.m. We will be here. There will be someone here praying. And uh, we are praying especially for us as the mother congregation and what God wants to do for us and through us. Praise God. We are trying to develop a mother congregation email list. Now with all that's going on, there's things that don't apply to everybody. If you are not getting some of the stuff we're sending, please talk to Sister Trish and make sure you're on there so that we're, we're trying to communicate things like I'm communicating tonight that you need to know about, that you're able to get emails with information as well so that we can do the best job we can at communicating. Praise God. Saturday evening, there is a chosen uh, game night, 6 p.m., encouraging young people to come be a part of that. And uh, if you were, those of you that are in that age group, 13 to 30, uh, the bold initiative, it's double points that night. Double points. So you need to come. You need to bring somebody. Jalen, can you give us a 30-second update? I'm going to try to do 30 seconds. My problem is my watch says it's like 15 till. So I think I got like 15 minutes, but I'm just kidding. I'm, I got you. Um, but yeah, so Bold Initiative, I love it. It's awesome. I'm so excited. Um, I'm really going to try this as fast as possible. Um, real quick, don't put it up there yet, but in a second. Um, just real quick, the team points so far, where this is second week out of eight. Um, for the youth, the team in first place right now with 6,350 points is Royals. If you're from Royals, yeah, give us okay. Some people are here. And from the young adults, the team in first place right now is Team Jaws. Yeah, I don't think any of them are here. Just just to let you know, that's not to be associated with a shark. That's supposed to be um, Jehovah's Apostolic Witnesses, I think. I think that's what it's supposed to go for. But, yeah, they have 9,450. Yeah, not to be confused with Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah's Apostolic Witnesses. There's a complete, complete difference. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't come up with the name. I just have to be the one that says it. I'm the, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> um, but all right. And then, so we wanted to give a couple of solo shout outs to some people that did, um, that did really good this week. Um, for example, uh, Brittany Wilson with 24 surveys Yay! in one week. Good job. And Christian Williams, where are you at? With 20 surveys this week. Somewhere. Yay! And, um, Dylan Evans, is he here? Dylan Evans was our first teen to teach a Bible study to a friend. It's taught it Wednesday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We are super excited. It's, it's going really good. And for young adults, we want to give a shout out to Tiffany Jack, who's done almost 40 surveys now. Wherever she, oh yeah, she's up there. There you go. She's the one doing graphics for me. Oh yeah, you can push, you can throw that graphic up there, please. Just so in case the teams are wondering how the scores are looking, this is what it looks like right now. 
Royals, wow. it's gravity's falling behind Royals about a thousand, and Eclectos, I think that's Greek or something, and then uh, Jaws, and yeah, you can read the scores if you want. Um, also, um, stats, just real quick, overall, so far we have had over 500 completed surveys. That is 500 people from the age of 13 to 30 that have been connected with, that a seed has been sown, that is awesome. My personal favorite part about that is one of the questions on there is, would you be interested in a Bible study? Almost 300 people have said yes. That is 300 Bible studies that are going to be started. I'm so excited. That's awesome. That's 300 open doors. This is going to be great. And my fa- one, of, one of the craziest things about this is we hear these numbers and it's so big because we have a big youth group, a big young, big young adult group. But the craziest part about it is there's only been 46 people that have actually participated as in putting in the information, letting us know. That's only 46 participants. Imagine if 46 people can get 300 Bible studies and 500 surveys, what would happen if we had 50 or 60 or 75 or 150? So we want to get as many people involved from 13 to 30 as possible. Don't say I started late. For example, Brittany Wilson didn't get a chance to start. I didn't get her survey in time. It was my fault. But she didn't get to start until this week, and she's already caught up. She's in the top three of the whole of people overall. So don't worry about starting late. There's whole there's a whole other six weeks. So we want to get you involved. So 13 to 30, if you're not involved, get a team together. Come find a core member if you have any questions. We'd love to get you involved. Um, after service, in a few moments, I'm assuming, uh, once I shut up, basically, um, <laughs> The, we'll be having printed surveys in the back. There's a few of you that wanted printed surveys. Um, it's better, I guess, some of you don't have technology or maybe you don't have service wherever you're at. So we have printed surveys for you, and we're also having the Bible studies. We want to push Bible studies. The surveys are awesome, but the Bible studies is what we really want. That's why we kind of value them so much higher because, like I said, it's great to get the survey. But when we said, we have 300 people that now want Bible studies, but now we need people teaching those Bible studies. We don't want just to get them in and just plant the seed, but we want to actually water it. So we need y'all to teach the Bible studies. We'll be selling them in the back, a dollar for Into His Marvelous Light, and five dollars for Jesus more than a name, which one of our very own, Samantha Disciple, and a friend of hers uh, created themselves. It's an awesome Bible study. I'm looking forward to teaching from it. But yes, so see us in the back. If you have any questions, um, contact a core member um, for any, any questions. And if you need contact information from people that um, did a survey, like if you had, um, if you did a survey and you want to know if they were interested in a Bible study, you need their info, contact Brother Isaac Middleton. He will get the information for you. I think I'm finally done rambling. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, um, this bold initiative is great, and um, yes. just it's going to be awesome. So keep them coming, guys. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. It's an exciting to see what God is doing and going to do in our youth and young adults. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The ushers are at the door. That means you can't get out without giving. No, not really. The ushers are at the door. Please, please, I, I, I ask you to give your tithes, your offerings. This wasn't God's way of blessing you. He wasn't telling you keep your money. I wish I was joking. You'd be surprised the way some people interpret things that happen. Like a weekend of snow, they think God's... Anyway, sorry, we're getting off track. Praise God. Amen. So ushers are at the door. Church Thursday night, 7 p.m. God bless you.